I would have I would have gotten that Jared guy to plead guilty so quickly. Hello, internets, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the creatively titled podcast brought to you by us over at A to Z Horror.com and by the Phantom Podcast Network. If you still haven't yet, then it's absolutely time for you to take a minute and head on down to downrightcreepy.com slash phantom. Check out all the other awesome shows the network has to offer, or just check out the Phantom Podcast Network on whatever podcast app you use. For example, you might check out the Horror Scouts podcast. Their podcast is a ton of fun, and it has pretty great production value. Their most recent episode features a review of The Loved Ones, which is, what, an Australian horror movie, I think, uh, from the late 2000s. Um, yeah, and a lot of fun. They also talk about, uh, they have a discussion of things to find things that you can find to love in shitty movies, which they put more eloquently than that, trust me. Um, but until you go check them out, you're stuck with us. I'm Jack, and sing to my right is Jake. Lot den rot, comma, in. Is the movie Jesus we watched. Christ. That's perfect pronunciation. <laughs> and so you're next to Jake. Is someone else who is capable of both killing children and taking the subway an extra two stops. It's Mark. Yeah, just so you know, I can't be your friend. <laughs> For those of you unfamiliar with our Crackerjack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And in so doing, we spoil the shit out of that movie. So fair warning on that. This week... We watched 2008's Let the Right One In. That's the original Swedish one, and we'll be spoiling that and probably Jack, spoiling Lat the American den remake rot, as well. Comma, in. Lot den rot, comma, in. Yeah, yep, man, have it. some respect for other cultures. Sure. So God. that's what we'll be watching and spoiling. Uh, when we do so, we will probably also be spoiling the American remake. Uh, <laughs> and that'll be a lot of fun. But first, we got to do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do beers for fears. Jake, what are your beers for these fears? So I can't decide if where I land is that I didn't try at all or that I tried so hard that it's not going to work for me because and got so far I'm in the end it might not matter (laughs) I tried so hard at the beer thing this week that I have a beer that I want to drink I'm excited to drink that I've never had before from a great brewery it has no connection to the movie I'm drinking dialed in double IPA which is a double IPA, obviously, brewed with Sauvignon Blanc grape juice. It's from Trillium Brewing here in Mass, and it's pretty highly regarded. It's good stuff. It's cloudy. It's juicy. Jake, not all grape juice is wine, but <laughs> I like what you said. No, that's literally what it says on the can. So, I guess Sauvignon is a kind of grape. Sauvignon Blanc right? grape juice. So, I guess Sauvignon Blanc I, I, doesn't necessarily refer to wine. I'm betting they know what they're doing. I'm betting. I know a lot about wine. I think you'll find. Hmm. There's whites. There's and reds. reds. And 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 what rose. else is there, Mark? Roses. Yeah. Just lovely. Fucking. And speaking of rose, Mark, what are you drinking this week? <laughs> Do better than Jake. Because uh, I'm not going to beat him. I well, he literally isn't even contending. So are you kidding me, dude? You're not going to do better than me on the beer front. Uh, because this movie <laughs> has phones in it or something. What are you going for? Oh, nothing. The beer in. is just good, so I decided I was going to drink it and not care about connection. Fair. Fair. This movie has one phone in it. I went the exact polar opposite of Jake. Um, I am not excited to drink this, and I just could not figure out what a good connection was to the movie. I'm drinking an ice, uh, a Mickey's ice. 
<laughs> ice brewed ale. This one goes out to Jockey or whatever the hell his name was, the ice guy. <laughs> at least I thought you were drinking a Keystone Ice at first. I thought you were drinking like a Smirnoff Ice, like Bros Ice and Bros. <laughs> Ooh, wow, Jack. Uh, so I am drinking Rainier because much like the summit of Mount Rainier, it is frigid cold and, and winds that cross a barren wasteland in this movie. They cross. Cross. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. You went, every time they open the window, it's like. That's winter. And that's what it's like friend. on the tip of Mount Rainier. So I win this week is what I'm getting from all of this. Mm. Check I, your math again. I did pretty well. I, I think you'll find I win. <laughs> I'm the one that's going to enjoy the beer the most, so Well, that's it. true. That is probably right. true. Jake, what else have you been enjoying? What else has been rocking your horror world over the course of the last week? I've seen two movies. I enjoyed one, okay. so I'll start with that because of the way you handed me that baton. Which was pretty well, I think. Uh, yeah. Um, I did a you thing this week, actually, Jack. I watched two movies Ooh. that I found on Netflix. Sexy. Uh, you know. Uh, the first, oh, no, wait, was it? I think it was on Netflix. This first one may or may not hold true to that thing that I just painted, that picture, that word Riveting. picture. Riveting. <laughs> yeah. It's a good story. Yep. The first one is, it's the Midnight Meat Train. <laughs> if you've seen it on oh, Netflix, okay. then that means it's on Netflix. Yep. So far, it's so not, good. then I don't know. Um, this is as eloquent as it is pithy, Jake. Yeah, I'm sure it is. It's from 28. It's a Bradley Cooper movie, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. It's based on a Clive Barker story that I knew nothing about, but it's it has Bradley Cooper, it has Leslie Bibb. Um, they act like the acting is very good. They, uh, act. they act in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the story is kind of weird and interesting, and I actually found myself really drawn into it, uh, way more drawn in than I thought I would get. I was also pretty drunk when I watched it, so I'm sure that helps. But nice. the effects were so unbelievably bad. Like, we're going to show you it. We're going to show you all of it, blood effects, and a lot of them. And I'm talking, like, getting in there, like, digging eyeballs out of skulls. And, like, there was a sequence uh -oh. where it was, like, Everything that might you might find kind of like Ugh, they were trying to go for all of it. It was like pulling fingernails out and teeth out and like digging eyeballs out of sockets. Okay. And that was the best part of the film effects wise. The rest of it was like CG blood. What's the tone of the rest of the movie, though? Is it the kind of thing where it's trying to do an army of darkness thing where the, bl the no. effects are shitty on purpose? Um, I, mean, I know that's I not didn't what was get, happening. No, in army of darkness, it, I was not under that impression for the most of it. The tone of the movie is like pretty dark and gnarly for most of it, and then it gets kind of crazy. But Okay, nobody says this is my fucking boomstick at no. any point? there's a twist, though. I'll tell you that much. Ooh. Yeah. Well, we're not trying to spoil that movie. The, nope. The train was actually on a boat. Um. So I'd actually, despite the the uh, blood effects mostly, um, I would recommend this one. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Um. It's interesting. It's it's more than I thought it would be, and I guess that's saying something. The other one I watched. Hmm. <laughs> it's oh called boy. the Axe Murders of Vasilica. I keep trying to say Vasilica, like add seven syllables to it. Which also is also yeah. on Netflix. Netflix. Really yeah, bad. I've seen this one really bad. popping up. Really, really bad, you guys. Just real bad. <laughs> Don't watch it. Um, based on true events type deal, there were axe murders. Some dude went off the handle in 1912 and killed like 12 people. That's 
the backstory, you jump forward present day, there are students that are tenuously connected at best in high school. And as is typical of movies with astonishingly bad writing, there's really nothing that brings or should bring them together. But all of a sudden they're like in it together and like yada, yada, unbelievable type plot progression. And it really <laughs> amounts to nothing. There are bad effects. Uh, there's no crescendo that is satisfactory. It's horseshit. <laughs> there you I go. awarded no points. <laughs> you award watch it this like, movie. You have to award it at least one point because that's. I award it one point five points. Oh, so you actually gave it extra points out of ten, Mark? Yeah, but that's still more points. So it's wh- not a one. Is it a zero? No. Okay. I watched a couple of things as well this week. I watched uh, a couple of weeks ago. The eagle-eared listener will remember that I watched Clown, and that, that got me on a last week. Re- no, it wasn't. It was two weeks ago. Last okay. week, I watched nothing. Oh. Um, <laughs> that got me out of clown kick, so I watched the, the original It, the, the miniseries um, that was originally on television. It's available to rent <laughs> on Amazon Prime. As miniseries Isn't that thing, like, eight hours were. long? It's, it's not that long. It's, um, I think, overall, like, three, almost four hours long. Three For hours, someone who minutes, is, like, like go by the book, tight 90, or I'm out, I'm astonished with this. Well, I didn't watch it all in one sitting. No shit. I watched it as it was intended, like a miniseries. I also had it on the background, so I couldn't tell you the exact length of it. I, I don't remember. Jack, did you watch it? About... Yes. But I also, it's one of these things I don't need to. I've watched it since I was a little kid. I loved it when I was a little kid, and it scared the shit out of me. And it objectively is not great. No. It's not particularly I've, well done. I or... would anything like that. It's it's a great book, but it's not well adapted. It's not well acted. It's not well written for the screen and the effects aren't terrific. Tim Curry is a fucking terrifying monster, but that's about it. Uh, yeah, that's kind of all you watch it for, right? But but it holds that nostalgic value very very well. So it was a nice thing to toss on. And then I revisited um my wife and I watched the uh American Horror Story. The American and so we re- Horror Story. We revisited the freak show season and watched some of the best episodes with Twisty the Clown. Yeah, yeah, that's who a good one. Not, I like that season for the most part. Not trying to spoil it, but at the beginning of that season, he's one of my favorite aspects of the show. And then there's a distinct point where he becomes my least favorite aspect of the show uh, towards yes. the end of the season. So that's that's an interesting way they took it. But at least at the beginning of that season, he is fucking terrifying and an awesome representation of a terrifying clown. I will agree with that assessment. For the first four episodes of the season, super duper, and then for the rest, it's not garbage. There's one episode where he's like pretending to not move, pretending to be some kind of a wax figurine in a store where people are moving around in, and that is still one of the scariest things I've ever seen, because then he he moves and he looks like he does. the rotund one with the big mouth? Yes, with the big horrifying mouth. Yeah, okay. That is not actually... I don't watch American Horror Story, so I've seen him through the zeitgeist you could sure you could sure. basically bang out the first four episodes of that season maybe five i can't remember how far in you have to go and that's and it's all not worth watch. watching beyond that yeah I, but those, those are pretty good too it, it's worth a watch but i, I think that to. twisty is one of the better representations of a scary clown in in modern memory what's your what's your um, favorite my favorite i think now is is the the clown from clown or really? clown as they say because he's a demonic clown from Norway, I think, but hmm. Twisty is very sure. good. He, it 
the clown from clown is a little bit different because it's in no way trying to be just a scary clown. It's that he puts on this clown costume and he's normal at first, but then it turns him into a demon. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Twisty is, I think, overall a better clown as far as the clown archetype goes. But either way, my, my favorite is, is the clown from clown. Twisty, maybe a close second. Deep. Let's make a yeah. listicle. So that. <laughs> So that's what I've got going on. Mark, how about you? What's been rocking your horror world this week? The first item is going to be one that continues to rock my horror world uh, from last week. I was talking about E3, and I left off um, a pretty notable inclusion. You asked what the probably the biggest premiere was. There's a new Metro game. I don't know if you guys ever played Metro 2033, Metro Dying Light or Last Light, whatever that was called. No, so, I have not. Okay, well... Um, I think Metro, the original one, was a launch title for the Xbox 360, I want to say. I don't know, one of them. Is Um, that the one that came out at the same time as the GameCube? I can't remember. This is way beyond. This is above my pay grade. Did it come out when we were in high school? Is that the one that came out when we were in high school? It would have been around that time, like late late high school, yeah. Okay. Probably senior year. Anyways, uh, it's like post-apocalyptic Russian subway system. You're fighting off, like, rogue groups of other bandits, I guess, but also there's, like, ghosts and zombie monsters and stuff like that. Pretty solid horror franchise. And this new one looks surprisingly pretty for a game that's mostly set in sewers. But it looks like they're going open (laughs) world with it, and, um, I don't know, it's promising. Looks interesting. Okay. Uh, So that's just a pretty small one. You can go look that up at... What platform is that coming out on? I I mean, at least Xbox, because I'm pretty sure it's a Microsoft game. But I think it comes out through all of them. <laughs> okay. P- PC, I can, I can get PlayStation. It my... It'll probably be on the fucking I... Switch. Like, whatever. I probably can't get it on my GameCube, though. No, probably not. Maybe on your Zebo. <laughs> what is that? Uh, this, uh, it's, it's the company that makes it is called Zebo. It's the Zebo system made by Zebo. Is it like a Turbo Graphics 16? It's like some educational. Like it's made. It's made to play <laughs> educational games, but it also randomly has like Resident Evil 4 on it. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't really get it. I don't understand why it exists. But it does. Not convinced it does. But continue. Google it. Z e e b o. Um, okay. So the other one that I am excited about is I watched Hell House LLC. Which is one of the I stupidest want to named movies see ever. This so badly. I've been Why, Mark? This, it's a limited liability company. Yeah, the they can't internet has the been a buzz with this movie, and I know nothing about I've it. Heard and I've refused to watch any trailers, and I want to see it. Uh, well, but now I'm a professional, and I'm doing this podcast. So fuck. I'd heard none of this buzz that you were. It is to, it outside is, of you being like, "There's buzz, guys." Yeah, <laughs> it's self-generating buzz. I've heard so much buzz. Tell everybody. Um, you heard shit. You're the found footage guy. I hadn't really until Jack mentioned anything. Great I had Jack. noticed it on my Amazon feed, which is I'm getting around to how I watch this. This is freely available. Well, free is an interesting term there, but it is available to stream for free on Amazon Prime if you have Prime. I feel like not having Amazon Prime in 2017 is not like having is like having is like not having Netflix streaming in 2015. That was okay. well said, Jack. Thank you. I'm eloquent as shit. <laughs> 10 out of 10 on execution. Um, I don't want to get into spoiling it because, like Jack said, he's trying to go in blind. Highly endorse this one. 
Oh, it God. is okay. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm so excited. It's... And I watch this tonight. Yeah, do it. We'll talk more in depth next time. I don't know if Jake's going to take a look at it, but uh, I do want to talk about it. But if you still want to go in blind, I do. I'm, I want to know nothing about that. it. Great. I'm Except glad for you there's an LLC it, involved. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's smart because they can't, they can't absorb any of the liability. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's limited in their in there. You can regard. you can pierce the corporate veil, but that's not easy to do. Depends on the state. Well, sure, Mark. Yeah. Thanks for bait. Thanks for baiting that hook. <laughs> You're welcome. You got anything else? No, that's it. That's it for me. Well, then this is a very good time to go to the feature presentation because I need more Rainier. Over at AtoZHorror.com this week, we watched 2008's Let the Right One In. Now, this was a Jake pick. Jake, you picked this for your blind spot? That's correct, Jack. (laughs) I wasn't sure which category you picked it for. Yeah. I think out of the three blind spots, this is the most excusable to not have seen. I think so. This the reason I did choose it an, though is what? because it's like widely regarded as being one of the best horror movies of recent years. Sure, and I'd seen it before. I mean, I understand it, it is a blind spot because it's, but it's, but it's an independent Swedish movie. Like nobody's gonna jump down your throat for not having seen it. I, it's a deeper cut of a blind spot. I agree with you, but I think for if you are a horror fan, it's a blind spot. Sure. So sure, sure. True to form, Jake sticks with the hipster pick. He does. This is a real deep cut, guys. (laughs) Yeah. You know me. And we will dive deep on this movie in just a little bit. But being that this was your pick, and I do not relish this task for you. Really? 30 seconds are on the goddamn clock. It's going to start when you start. You got to give us a 30-second plot synopsis. Enter the frozen Swedish north. We meet a kid named Oscar. He is an outcast. No one likes him. He's really pale. Uh, his parents don't even want him, neither of them. They're separated. He meets a girl, she's kind of mysterious, and over the course of time, as he's getting bullied, he falls in love with her, they mingle, she ends up killing the bullies, and the movie just sort of ends. <laughs> That's what you're going with? Did you even she's a vampire, by she the was way. a vampire? Yeah, okay, yeah, thank you. I was waiting for effect, time. man. There, it was supposed time. to be like the last second thing. The catch is that she's a vampire. You ruined not, it. Not a girl, also. I think she you'll is find a girl. that you She's just a girl it. vampire. That's the whole bit. No, she's not a girl. She's a vampire. She's a Nosferatu, Jack. It's a boy that was castrated yeah. and then bitten when he was 12. Yeah. Oh, is that why two... there was the nude scene? Yes. yes. That's why it came dangerously close to showing child pornography. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense now. He's a 200-year-old castrated boy. To be fair, a lot of that is... is a lot of back text from the book. Okay, well, that's important because I still could not gather that it was a castrated boy from long ago. I thought that it was a girl. And it gives that was you like a half a second scene. shot of a scar where genitals should be. Which was yeah, but it's so like to say the it's least. so like that it makes you think that there were not other things there, really. I don't know. I haven't seen many castrated boys. I don't. I don't know what that looks like. Me either. <laughs> That's why it just I just looks more like you, it just trying to bait you into into revealing something personal. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> something personal like you're a sex criminal, apparently. Yeah, that's an odd thing. <laughs> Very lawyerly of you, Jack. Is that how you like try and prosecute people? Is just like that's why I was such a good prosecutor when I was a prosecutor. Yeah, 
I would have I would have gotten that Jared guy to plead guilty so quickly. <laughs> so let's let's get back on the the plot synopsis that I laid down. It's it's one that you don't want to get into the weeds with. Look, I mean it's it's pretty simple on the surface. It's like a childhood romance type movie with a very horror setting. I guess yeah, I I would have gotten bogged down in a lot of stuff. I know, yeah. Make you have dumb. To That's not no surprising. I mean, it's it's but, it's him dealing with his bullies and with the isolation that he feels that is manifested both in like the scenes with his parents and more metaphorically in like the dark Swedish blah. And then you've got her and she comes in and you have this period him. of discovery that happens. Him. Well, I'm going to keep calling it a her the whole think, time. So you're going to have to deal I, with that. So that, that was an interesting thing. I'm pretty convinced this movie is saying something about sexuality and, and acceptance and you love who you love and it doesn't matter. But I am damn sure not smart enough to figure out the ins and outs of what oh, it's trying to say i still thought i still thought it was a girl the whole time yeah I, well but e- but even that there's the scene where she like crawls into bed with him and says i'm not a girl i know says, but i thought that was a vampire well thing do you want to go steady anyway thing. right yeah, yeah i'm saying in, i think in there the same way subtext that, in the same way that she says i can't be your friend like she's saying yeah. it all motivated from the fact that she's a 200 year old vampire right sure but I'm i'm trying to say that there's some subtext to that scene even if there isn't later the she was he was castrated scene oh yeah beyond and and i'm i i'm certainly not smart enough to pick up on all the nuances there but i think it's it's probably trying to say something interesting i'll give it the benefit of the doubt that's this is one of those movies that where i don't there's two kinds of movies i don't understand there's the ones that piss me the fuck off because i think they were poorly written and then there's the ones where i assume the writers were significantly smarter than me and it's doing a good job and i just missed it and this is the latter for sure uh the ocean walker category (laughs) yes the ocean walker yes that is the official mr f That is the official moniker for movies like that. You can't tell if they're actually deep or if they were just trying to be so like obscure that people just yeah. assume they're good. Yeah, this, well, she was British. This is definitely the latter category, considering I'm the type of guy who was going to cast that scene of lower body in the what the movie did wrong thing because it showed like 12-year-old Vaj. I just thought sure. it had a scar. It was like a Vaj and scar. <laughs> Which I Yikes. thought was regrettable. That's what it would have done wrong. Jack. I right. yes, wrong. regrettable is the appropriate so, word. So, Mark, I I'm interested in in now what you have to say because this was Jake's blind spot pick. Also, had you seen this movie before? Yeah, no, I hadn't seen this as well. Interestingly, I hadn't seen any of the blind spot picks, so that's where my <laughs> horror expertise lies. Um, Why okay. do we even keep him around? Because uh, I'm the funny one. I'm the funny, cute one who's Jake, also muscular. Did you listen to the episode when he wasn't here? There were no jokes made. <laughs> marks the marks the looks, the brains, and the wild card. He's most of it, and the yeah. useless chick. Yeah, yeah he's, I'll take he's it. All of it. I'll take all it. All rolled into one. So, Jake, you obviously had heard about this movie and its high acclaim. Uh, that would be a correct statement. Yeah. What did you know? It was a vampire flick. Did yeah. you know? Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I okay. I think everyone flick. knows that at this point. Had you yeah. seen the American one? Nope. Okay. I wanted to see this one I first. I have seen the American one, but I wasn't watching and was so blackout drunk that I do not remember it. That doesn't count. I know. I, I'm not saying it counts. Okay. My uh, eyes have, have observed bits and pieces of the American one. So before I mean, we get too deep into the synopsis of the movie, should we uh, talk about what subgenres ooh, this thing belongs to? I would have blazed right past that so that's well you did i'm bringing us back on track (laughs) i hadn't yet i would have 
Jake, this is your movie. You start. Foreign. Okay. Yep. Take the layout, dude. Yeah, that's fair. It's the Mark move. We, I I'm it. now going to advocate for the addition of a new category, and not like Mark does in, <laughs> in a real way. We don't have vampires as a subgenre of horror, and I think it should be. I was going to say it's a monster movie because of that. I, I get what you're saying. We do yeah, have monster, not a monster on here, movie. Yeah, I don't think it's a monster movie because she, for all intents and purposes, just looks like a human throughout almost all of this whole thing. Yeah, I'm just saying we didn't have vampire as a category. And I think maybe we should. Yeah, I just added it. But I'm, you know, the vampire Dracula was one of the original like suite of monster movies, right? It's like mummy, vampire, right? Absolutely. But thing. I think that that was a monster movie in a way that this is not, right? There's a reveal of the creature. The real, the real monsters here are the bullies. Oh man, '80s bullies. I know this is. <laughs> Came out in the late 2000s, but it's got 80s bullies in it, and 80s bullies know how to bully so hard. It is set in the 80s. Mark, you've said before. Yeah, yeah, dude, that, they know how to do it. And honestly, like, this movie is a, is a movie about a kid, like, breaking the chains of being oppressed by bullies that this just happens to is... have a vampire friend. I think it's just like, depression. It's... I think it's like the the kind of teenage wasteland sort of oppression of the world. And bullies are one of the hurdles. I think yeah, the song's actually true. called Teenage Wasteland's Monster. That's right. You're so, you, Yeah. You're sorry. Yeah. I almost said you're sorry, which you should be, actually. <laughs> I usually am. Yeah. Uh, I honestly don't really have anything else. It's two things. It's a foreign vampire movie. Independent. Is it? Okay. Sure, I guess. Is it just independent? Prove me wrong. Foreign, Jack just though? throws I mean, that shit out there when he does. Prove me wrong. This has got to be independent. This was a festival release, a foreign festival release with a low budget. It wasn't a low budget. It was like a $5 million movie. $11 million. Oh, Oh, no, you're going to come back up when we talk about the effects because holy shit, then. What? It's a. Well, I have it. uh, I believe it was $4 million. It made 11.6 or something like that. Wow. When I read it, I thought it was a $500,000 budget. Nope. Wow. You can go ahead and. Yeah. Shimity Christmas. Do you guys have anything else to add on the subgenre front? No, yeah. but I've got some stuff to add about what it does wrong. We'll it's... get there. <laughs> that is one whole half segment from now. One of the... Uh, <laughs> something that I won't advocate for as being a category, but this fits into a very small group of films that I've seen that it is definitely something worth noting is like the horror romance movie. I actually was just right. thinking, like I would I would advocate for a romance subgenre. So I'm glad you brought this up because nobody asked me what my experience with this movie was. Thank you, jerks. Hey Jack, Jack. Yeah. What was your experience with this movie? Had you seen Thank it before? You. Have you there we go. I asked you about the American version. I had seen this movie before. I actually went to see this movie. It didn't go to see it, but I, I got the movie and, and saw it while I was courting my <laughs> lovely what? wife. What's that even? Then mean? not wife. Now, wife. That would have been during a period of time when we lived together, and I don't know how I would have slipped through the cracks on that one. Well, because he was we courting his wife. It was a date. together for the entirety of the time before I married my wife. I'm picturing in my head. So again, Jack, I don't know how I would have slipped through the cracks. <laughs> I'm not saying that. What are you talking about, we, Jake? I started dating my wife when we lived together, but you said when you were significant... courting. Yeah. 
courtship takes like a long court, time up you until you marry. I'm picturing that, Jack yeah, like loose. walking I around court for a long time. Maybe you, you're, you're still, all handsome and whatever. It's easy to courting. love you, but it takes me a lot. It is easy to uh, love me. Look at me. I'm picturing you like walking around various alleyways, finding like pretty pieces of trash and like assembling them in a nest in your home and like practicing various dance moves. You know, that was so part then, of it. So then your lovely uh, then girlfriend walks in and you're like, hey, check this out. And you're doing like a like a flamingo dance with with a bunch of like pretty stuff around you. That's part of why the courtship took so long. <laughs> Got to pla- gotta practice that. Got to watch a lot of planet Earth. Figure that out. In fairness, See what works I, for those you, birds. You could have easily seen this during the period of time we lived together because I spent most of that time hammered or passed out. Fair enough. I could have just gone with that. No, I saw this. I was... Um, we were not living together at okay. the time that this happened. But great. In any case, I'm really glad we, we hammered this out. This, this is good radio. I I did I chose this movie for our date night because it was a horror romance movie allegedly, and it didn't go over all that well as a horror, as a romance movie. I might have downplayed the horror part of it when I pitched it, but still, oh, really? it didn't go over very well at all. Is your lovely wife the type of person who hates horror movies because they're too scary, or does she just think they're dumb? She doesn't like them very much. She doesn't think they're dumb. She's always willing to watch them, but her bar for enjoying a horror movie is pretty high. And this one, I think she just found pretty boring. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. This is a laugh a minute roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> yep. Hey, I didn't find it boring. I'm just telling you her experience, man. And she's not here to contradict me or defend herself, so it's all fair. Great. This Go movie is a on, then. riveting thrill ride of sights and sounds. Yeah. So on the horror romance part, the romance, I mean, yes, it's an important aspect of the film, but yep. uh, it's certainly not a romance movie. Yeah, I mean, there's the very I ending, the very that. last scene that that kind of makes it. You, you got to wonder no, though. It's so not. It's, it's the whole thing, man. But but how many romance, romance movies, movies about... do you watch in which the protagonists are children? You don't watch a romance movie where they don't grow up into adults. It's a coming of age. What about thirteen it, going it, on thirty? They stay Jack? the same age. The, she becomes thirty in that movie. Yeah, but they were they were friends when they were kids. There was a little bit of romance. There was an inkling there. That wouldn't have been a romance movie if Mark Ruffalo and his sleepy eyes hadn't been in it. Are you saying that romance movies have particular casting? Because you're correct. But yeah. <laughs> also, she, I think, gets raped by a hockey player in that movie. I do not recall. Don't fucking start talking shit about hockey players. Don't uh, lump them I mean, all he's, he is a scumbag. He is just an undeniable scumbag in that movie. Well. Mr. Scary over there, running around, playing hockey. <laughs> See, it's so easy to love you. You're handsome, you play hockey. Jesus, I didn't... Played, uh, it's harder. It's harder for some of us, Jake. Past tense. <laughs> so that was my experience with the... Film. Great, I'm, Thank I'm you. glad we got through that. This is now a richer and fuller experience for having you... Aren't you glad you asked? <laughs> including, including two minutes of deliberation on whether or not you guys lived together at the time. Yeah. Brings a rich, a rich texture to the podcast, I think. Absolutely. So let's get into what this movie did right. Yes? Okay. Yeah. Sounds okay. good. I have a question for both of you. <laughs> what did this movie do right? I think the story on this movie is very good. 
Um, and, and along with that, the just overall writing. Um, apart from a couple of lines of dialogue, which I'm going to attribute to the translation, I think all of the writing in this movie excuse me, is very strong. And I think the overall plot is good. And while it is a slow burn movie, I think the pacing serves the movie very well. Your analysis of writing is much like your analysis of acting. <laughs> what? <laughs> overall, it's good and serves the purpose of the movie. No, no. What are some, I, what, are, what, what do you specifically like about the writing? All the things I said. First, I think the dialogue is very strong and believable, except for in a couple of spots, which I attribute to poor translation. Then, I think that the pacing of the movie, though slow, which is sometimes a bad thing, in this movie is a very good thing. It serves it very well, and exactly what goes on. That actually I brings also up... I think it's a very that original up, story. That brings up an interesting point. Uh, just a quick clarification. I assume both of you watched the subtitled version, not the dubbed version. Yep. Yeah, I did, and... That's good that we all watched that one, because I have some stuff to say about that one. Okay, yeah. I also I also watched subtitled. I just wanted to clarify to make sure we were all on the same page. Because it's kind of hard yeah. to tell how well the dialogue works in movies that are foreign. Well, like I said, for the most part, it's it's believable, even with the subtitles. But there are a couple of, of lines in there that are astoundingly bad uh, and, and just sucked me all the way out of it. Um, although maybe that's just because you two dickheads are my friends. There's a scene in there where Jock, or Jockey, or whatever his name is, is parting ways with his buddy. The Iceman? They've been out drinking, or whatever. Yeah, Iceman and his buddy part ways. And they say, or one of them says, Thank you for yet another evening steeped in friendship and merriment. <laughs> and then they hug and part ways. See, and that's a maybe it's just thing. you two You're, you're missing it. But... That's never been the way that we have ended an evening. We're yeah, Americans. but also now that now that that has happened, I feel like my drunk brain might just spit that one out next time we're hanging out. <laughs> so that was one of the one of the lines that really <laughs> did not ring true to me. I just took that I, as the other European. <laughs> they're very they're very eloquent over there. They like to describe exactly you know, what just happened in their evening and whether this or not a, it was steeped in any type of quality to have about two weeks before I go to Europe. <laughs> Somebody else tell me what it did right then. Cinema so unhappy with Jesus. Yes, the shots, mine. the shots and framing are phenomenally good. They do a lot of really interesting stuff with lighting in the movie. Yes. Yes, I mean, yes, yes, in, yes. in particular, they, I mean, all the sets, I think, had um, the ceilings taken off so they could do various overhead lighting effects. That I didn't notice that as much. That that was just something I kind of read about in the uh, Wikipedia article. But one thing, by the that way, is, Jack, that's how you can rack up a budget. Okay, taking ceilings yeah. off of things, building big sets. Well, and doing yeah. all the lighting work on that. That stuff's not cheap. Yeah. One thing that is, it's it looks really good, but it also is immersion breaking to a certain extent is apparently Sweden has like exceptionally well lit night times. Like, so, Oh God, uh, this, they, one of the first scenes when the, the caretaker guy, whatever the hell his name was, the, the first original, killing. Yeah. And he's oh in the middle God. of a fucking like snow field. Yeah. In the middle of the night. And it is bright as the fucking day. Like I thought he was doing it under like a trail light. Under, yeah. under the generators, the lights and generators they used in Black Mountainside. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, 
just I, I'm gonna go ahead and guess that's probably not an optimal place to slaughter somebody. No. <laughs> to exsanguinate them. <laughs> There's got to be a darker portion of the woods. Yeah, seriously. There, I don't know though. Like I still think that that was like a light and not the way they lit the sh- scene because you could see like cars going by in the background. So I think that that had to be intentional. Like he's doing this right here, huh? Yep. Yeah, he is. I mean, there's, there's, okay, so it could be on a walking path or whatever that's well lit, but well, even throughout the rest of the movie, these scenes that are very obviously at night are shot underneath a pile of spotlights that just illuminate, eliminate all shadow, essentially. Which, it, it's a hard road to walk because I honestly think it looks good, but if yeah. you think about it from like a perspective of what that would actually look like, it's a little immersion breaking. Yeah. yeah. So there are there are some nights up in the mountains or, or back in Minnesota where on a clear night with a full moon, it's illuminated close to that much. Not that no. No. No, close I disagree. To that much. <laughs> close that's, to that much. That's completely wrong. <laughs> Look, a full moon is bright, uh, and you can see some stuff, it's but it's a different glow. This is this is like there's no shadow. I- I, I agree with you that it's it's absolutely different, and this wasn't that, but it's close to that bright Jack, sometimes. they're not leaping and what? hopping on a moon shadow, bud. <laughs> no chance. I, I agree with Mark, though. The cinematography, I thought, was out-fucking-standing. The lighting did have a lot to do with that, though. I, I think you, all the points you made are valid. That's a bit immersion-breaking. That first scene where he kills the guy is the most notable. Um that was a bunch of breaking for a couple of reasons, though. It was. I To stick with what I'm saying, the, the scenes that I thought it did the best job of, the one in particular that sticks out to me is the scene with Jock, uh, however you pronounce his name, where she is in shadow under the bridge. And you can't even see her. The way that all plays out is really good. Uh, yeah. It, it builds yeah, yeah. tension well. That's just a really nice little capsule of the movie. I, I thought another great cinematography scene was where well, the last what? the last scene too that's like oh the, absolutely another one that i very much enjoyed was where ellie is looking for uh what's his name the her helper in the hospital sulfuric acid she, guy i don't know his name yeah yeah the, the nurse goes outside and you see nothing yeah but then when she moves you see her clinging to the side of the building and scampers up the side of it you just you didn't notice her at all until she started moving right yeah she parkours right focus up the and side. light was work yeah, yeah. his name's awesome hakan or hakan or something like that hakan yeah, yeah. swedish is yeah. hard who cares <laughs> it, it's an a with one of the circles over it like an angstrom symbol i don't know how to say it mark what else did you do right oh i already did mine Jake has oh, to go. Oh, Jake, what else did you do? I was, right? I was basically just leapfrogging on Marx. Well, leapfrogging on Marx would mean you have something new to say. You were piggybacking on Marx. I, I mean, I agree with both of <laughs> you. I think they're the two greatest <laughs> What a successes. distinction to make there, Jack. I think the two greatest... Jesus fucking Christ. I think the two greatest successes of the movie are the cinematography, first and foremost. <clears throat> That's the biggest one to me. And two, I think the story is really well fleshed out. It's complex. It is really dark. So I guess I'll, I'll focus in on that as something that independent of what you guys have said that it does really well. This paints a bleak, dark picture that is really deep, for lack of a better way to describe it. Yeah, it's wildly layered. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Here. As, um, as a good example of this, the interplay between Hakan, the caretaker, and Ellie yes. at the beginning of the movie is... 
I mean, you don't really know what it is there. It's it's love. It's not love. It's something like that. Is he just a caretaker? Is he like employed by her or whatever? And then you begin to realize if she is a centuries old vampire, is this hey. guy just seventy years in the future from this movie? Like, is this Oscar? Is this what Oscar is going to become? Right. So that's it's pretty interesting, and I think. What's really interesting is that it does a better job with this in the movie than than I liked his backstory in the book. His his backstory in the book is that Hakan is a, a child molester, or at least a pedophile who's interested in children and gets a little bit too interested in some things, and then has becomes an outcast and becomes a crazy alcoholic, and he's on the verge of killing himself through his alcoholism. And Ellie shows up, and she's like, "Hey, I'll, I don't know," convinces him out of his alcoholism into helping her gives him a purpose to live and so that's why he's so devoted to her and i like that this movie it's much more nebulous but still reasonable and believable you don't know what it is but it but it still works and i like that a lot yeah. better that it, you just it don't does know. not hold your hand to kind of continue along this line of discussion um there are things that like i already admitted earlier i missed like the quick scene of showing that he eli ellie however you want to say it was castrated in the past all that is a boy. It's definitely Ellie. I didn't I didn't even know that, you know? Like yeah. I didn't even notice yeah, yeah. that as I watched it. I I took it the wrong way, but it still goes through the process of giving you enough information to piece that together if you're willing to go there. Um I think with that particular character and her relationship that's when it kind of first starts to paint the picture of hey, she's he god, this is difficult. I is I think really we're going to go with she because she identifies, I mean she literally identifies not as a girl but the movie identifies her as a girl yeah it's really tough um it's a tricky situation it paints the picture of age it is because Mm -hmm. another important thing in that culture is deference to older people authority through wisdom through age so you kind of have like him serving and deferring to her as an elder basically it's not quite to the degree of like an eastern um culture but it's it's not like us either it is one of those weird things, back to it being a romance, though, where if they do end up in love, you have a 12-year-old in love with a 200-year-old. Who cares, Yeah, that, that's one of the things I kind of wanted to shoehorn into this podcast was, like, how do you not mature more over the course of three or four lifetimes? They're soulmates, guys. Man, across time. You guys. Yeah, buddy. We really need to watch Spring. Okay, <laughs> okay. I want to. Yeah, so have I'll watch it either tonight. either of you seen... <laughs> Watched the new season of Samurai Jack, the the recent fifth season? No. That season has a similar time and love issue that, that's a little bit odd to me. Yeah. Uh, but and, and I think for the most part, that just tends to go, you get wrapped up in the moment and you don't think about it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, in this movie, I thought about it a lot, especially with the last scene of this movie. Should we do a love and time travel fourth segment this week, guys? Uh yeah, actually, I've got a few things to sure. say. I got a couple of things. I'll oh, that was that was a sarcastic example. <laughs> I did not mean okay. that seriously. <laughs> Only one of them is horror. <laughs> Full disclosure. <laughs> Tune in after the podcast to hear us ramble about basically everything but this subject matter. <laughs> I guess that uh, takes us Mark- to well, I guess that takes us to what it did wrong because I don't think we're just retreading what it did right over and over again. Sure, and and for me. It- doesn't do a whole lot wrong. There are a couple of scenes where the effects are noticeably terrible. 
Yep, there's one in particular. Um, one the in cats, particular. The cats. The cats. Oh yeah, god, the cats. The cats. The cat scene is quite regrettable. Oh my, dude, that was my exact note. Ver- verbatim. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Scarecrow me. I'm back. My note. Oh, good. Oh, you can see that. We barely can see that. Even if I could see it, I feel like I couldn't read it. Some about 3D. I'm trying. Something to... about a stereotype. Well, that was a, that was a failure. It says yeah, cat scene equals sign highly regrettable. So there you go. <laughs> that was my note on that. Yeah, that, that one was was pretty bad. I also didn't love the effects in the um the the pool scene. There's oh. almost no blood that comes out of any of those I love body the parts pool when scene, they're in the dude. water. I didn't really I care mean, about the effects as much. It was just so cool. <laughs> Yeah, the concept and execution of the pool scene is phenomenal, and then when you think about it, yeah, there probably should be like way more, a lot more blood, red a food lot. coloring. Will, and they show you in the in the last shot of the pool scene yeah. when they're hugging or whatever, the body without a head is pouring blood into the pool. Yeah, it's it's you can see it rolling down the edge of the pool, but then you cannot see any blood in the pool. Would you? Okay, question for you. Yeah, you are in a classic Goldilocks situation right now because you're complaining about the lack of blood in the pool here, but I distinctly remember for our It Follows review, you complained about the blood, the level of Way blood. Way too much. Well, and the CG blood. The, yeah. The, that was a, like... Goldilocks. Uh, it's not a Goldilocks. It's exactly just, what a Goldilocks is. You can just put <laughs> red-colored corn syrup in the water, and I'll be very happy. Okay, Goldilocks. Yeah, it's... I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of side with jack on this one and then no, part of the not. reason that that uh, it follows did that i mean there's a there's a hefty amount of cg blood I, it's for effect it's it it's for effect and to obscure like what actually happens to the demon but yeah it's i mean you can't really like model brownie in motion of blood particles in water very believably it's yeah, not something that you could can do, do. If they went that direction if pixar ever decided to go horror they'd spend years studying it and get it perfect guys yep. How amazing would a Pixar horror movie be? Ten Holy out of ten. Holy shit! Did you guys have you guys seen that Up trailer that's cut like a? Yes, the Up remastered for horror. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's one of my favorite things on the planet. No. I'm gonna have to look that one up. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you are. So, what else do we have that it did wrong? So, with the complex story, uh, like on the whole, I think it's a good story, but the complexity does leave itself to some issues some things you can nitpick some exquisite quibbles you might say jack one might one uh might. we've already talked about this a little bit but like the hunter guy just sort of kills people in plain sight seems like he's probably he should be when you say the hunter practiced. guy are you talking about hawken yeah the that guy okay. he, he goes out and he and he kills this dude like on a fucking walking path on a path where a Woman is walking her dog, walking her very groomed dog. The yeah. poodle, isn't it? Yeah, named Ricky. Or it might be. It's not clear that it's a poodle. There's a couple of breeds it could be, but it's... I'm pretty sure it's not a woman. It's like two teenage girls. Sure, whatever. I think it's. Act. I think it's two like 300 year old castrated men, actually, <laughs> who are masquerading as. No, Mark. Oh. They're 12. Just, They've just been you, 12 you... for a long time. <laughs> and there's some there's some indication that maybe he moved a little bit off the path, and it was just the dog being off leash that came and fucked him up. It's but close. Mo- it's you can really see cars. close. You it took them cars. five seconds. Yeah, if yeah, you have that much riding on not getting caught, then you know 
And and you have the guy like fully knocked out with your halothane thing. Like, just fucking and drag him into the woods a little further. Along with that, uh, another problem I have with that scene: you're gathering up all your belongings to leave. At least take the blood you've already gathered. Thank that jug you. is a quarter full. That was Thank you. the most. Inf- number one, get a bigger funnel. All right, that's blood collecting number one. That guy's funnel was woefully too small. Number two, you've already went to the work to gather a decent amount of blood in that jug. Take it the fuck with you. And then to jump to, I mean, I totally agree with you. That was one of the things I noted is I have no idea why you would just leave all that good blood just sitting there. Well, it wouldn't have bothered me as much if it hadn't focused on him gathering up his stuff for so long. Yeah. But then, so, then the next guy he goes after, or kid he goes after, is this, like, teenager in the school, and he doesn't even fucking bother, like, either going to a new spot or making sure the kid's friends aren't there. He is, I don't know what his deal is, (laughs) is he just ready to, like, get caught or somehow get out of this cycle of hell he's going through in service No, obviously not, and this is, this is where, so before I was talking about He's terrible. Well, this is before I was talking about how I liked that his backstory is a little nebulous and it works. This is a an, a contraexample to that. In, in this particular case, you need to know his backstory a little bit because he burns his face off with acid to not get caught by the police when they show up. Why the fuck? There's no need to do that. Why does he have... Well, he's protecting the identity of Ellie, but... What is that was another thing. Why does he have concentrated sulfuric acid or hydrochloric acid or whatever the hell? He had it in a beaker like it was obviously going to be helpful in him collecting blood even though he didn't seem to have any with him the first time. Yeah. I yeah. I, I am no, just flabbergasted. That, this guy is number 1. Is so this guy is this bad is it just that he just got lucky all of these years and never got caught or is this yeah, like are we seeing he's his two first for two, two on shitty jobs in yes. this movie? Yes. <laughs> He is a useless He's rocking the back-to-back fuck-ups. Yeah. We're not talking about a book in this review. We are talking about this movie. And in this movie, he is a useless piece of well, trash. He, he kind of is in the book, too. But at least in the book, it makes We're sense not talking he about wants, a book. wants to dissolve his own face with acid because he's a former pedophile who is an outcast from multiple towns. In this, in the movie, you have no idea why he decides to just... His, his solution to I'm about to be caught is I better dump acid all over my face. How does Jesus, that prevent him from being caught? Way... Oh, my... Well, it prevents him from he being was... identified once he gets caught. He was still caught, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, couldn't they just, like, put a mirror up over that side of his face and just reflect his right side of his face? Because he, he really... Even, even in failing, he did a bad job of... Mark, obscuring Mark, his Mark, face. Mark, he only Mark. burned one half of his face. Now, this man is no model. There are very few people on the planet that if you looked at their face, both sides would be, you know, spitting image. Tom Cruise has a tooth in the dead center of his goddamn face. Yeah. And it's like in his forehead, too, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> He's a freak show without the CGI. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that as a subplot. Just... Okay, well, let's get back on track. As a subplot <laughs> of life, <laughs> something, yeah, subplot of life. I want there to be like a conspiracy theory where Tom Cruise is actually just like horribly disfigured, and we're constantly airbrushing him for some reason. Well, Mark <laughs> has the power. <laughs> yeah, can we can we change uh, our our A to Z horror website to just be like a like a Hollywood rumor mill? No, you that's know, what in, in college, a friend for. of ours. 
and myself spent a long time trying to create conspiracy theories by like okay. hiking, backpacking in enormous circular rocks into places that where there shouldn't be enormous circular rocks, and then just waiting for a news story about it to appear. But we did that a bunch, and it was just a lot of work, and no news stories ever showed up. Not yet. Not yet, <laughs> oh, Jack. Yeah, I'm going to be like 50. <laughs> there's going to be some crazy story about a perfectly circular rock in Colorado. And I'm going to be like, hey, hey, I know what this is about. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna call in some favors in like ten years. <laughs> <laughs> call in all the news personalities that I know. Uh, we got anything else we didn't love about it? I mean, it's wow. Don't guys, don't all rush to the to the microphone. I was the one to, who asked the question. I didn't have to say anything. You can I throw it to yourself. Buck. I was drinking beer. Uh, uh, in the same vein, the complexity of the story. There is. Absolutely no reason for the other woman vampire subplot. No reason whatsoever. Oh, yeah, there is. I liked that. It, you can remove it from the movie completely and it doesn't change I agree, the movie. But, Mark, it gives you the scene of spontaneous combustion, which is well, it's dope. It's not spontaneous. It's, it's not, not spontaneous. It's, it's caused by the sun, but it made me think yeah. of spontaneous combustion because of the way it went down. I mean, got sure. Hot. She's the plunged movie into the fire, combustion, but... not the syndrome where flames <laughs> yeah, are no, just I... shooting everywhere. The Brad Dourif well, movie, the syn- you, syndrome. It's not a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> it would really, it would really suck to have that syndrome, dude. It is a syndrome. Look it up. <laughs> it's, it's not a fun... <laughs> spontaneous human combustion. Just study it out, and you'll they see. They made a movie just about it, it out. with Brad Dourif. <laughs> study it's it based, out, based on true events. That was a good pull, Jack. <laughs> that was a good pull on the study it out. Thank you, Mark. Um. That was, Why a good is pull, she that was a good bed. pull on spontaneous combustion, one of the best movies ever made. Thanks, nah, guys. Uh, Unless right, you're referencing Backdraft. For a romance movie, Ellie is a giant dick when she first meets our protagonist. Dude, she she's a vampire. Up. She's trying to keep people and, away. But she's not at first. She shows up and she's like, hi, I live in the same place as you. We seem like people who could be friends. But by the way, we can't be friends. So I don't, don't even fucking ask. He tells her she smells like death, too. So he's kind of a dick. Well, well, and also does. let's just let's just bear in mind that so you okay okay let's let's get into Ellie's headspace. You're an adult, but you are in you're, the, you're in the body of a child, uh, and you just you move to a new a new place. And the first thing you see of this kid is him practicing stabbing a tree multiple times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> while reciting lines from fucking Deliverance. Yeah. Well, okay. Here's the thing. So the subtitles said scream and then squeal when he was stabbing that tree but he said the same word two yeah, times I'm in sure a row that, that was a mistake it's okay it's the subtleties uh, of, it's a weird of foreign mistake. languages jack it's a weird mistake yeah english also, is like four times larger than any other language so we have a lot of extra words a lot yeah. of extraneous verbiage you might say scream and squeal are pretty much the same thing yeah Deliverance would not have been nearly as effective if he had said scream like a piggy. It's true. Yeah, they really nailed that line. They did. It was horrifying. good line. (laughs) I'm still fucked up about it. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you walk up to this kid, he's a bit of a weirdo, you like his blonde hair or something, I don't really know why she introduces herself to him in the first place, but I I don't think that her approach to him is really all that unbelievable. Why approach him at all? She's because they're soulmates. No, what? Mark, Mark, you're talking in circles. Are you fucking kidding me? 
I I mean I know I actually agree with you guys. I, I don't really get why she approaches him, but I don't know. I, I I will say this about the approach scene: her jumping off the top of the jungle gym is amazing. It's so subtle, but the way she it's a little bit unnatural how she yeah, kind of floats down, but kind of yeah. I think it's like they, slow, it's like they slowed it down to ninety percent of reality. Yeah. And then also she she just she didn't have to bend her knees fifty percent as much as a regular person would. It's such a subtle nod to something's fucked up here. Yeah, for and sure. And she's not wearing winter clothes because she forgot how to be cold. That's not. And that somehow fancy, she's fine. the more tan one. <laughs> uh, just whatever. That's she's about all I got. For... Alive for a long time, dude. A long time. She's Build accumulated a tan over her two hundred years. <laughs> she gets she gets more and more pale the the farther away she is from blood. Or as shit's going wrong with her. So when she comes into the house uninvited, great she scene. Is really super scene pale. I expected her to burst into flames yeah. the first well, time I saw her. She I... just doesn't at all. Yeah. I expected it's... her to burst into ice. <laughs> Asshole. That's all I got. Uh, I I apparently am the only one capable of talking. There's there's <laughs> one strange scene towards the beginning where I think his name is Eric, Who but cares? I don't know. Um, he's at the bar in the new town drinking. No, no, it's it's Ha Ha Hassan. What's his name? Sure, Hakan. No, it's Ha Ha Hassan. You got it the first he's time. Drinking milk at the bar alone like a fucking psychopath in a dirty glass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so weird. That's a One's, weird scene. Okay, so I since still we're... don't. I've seen this movie a few times now. I'm still not convinced who that was. I I think it was Ellie's helper friend, Hakan. It was. Okay, so Jack, okay. let us know that bar scene or the Dream Warriors bar scene, which is better. So the Dream Warriors bar scene's terrific because it's as stereotypical as you can possibly get. But I like this one a lot because the guy said he could have cancer and i wouldn't give a shit if he bought us around does this guy think cancer is contagious probably dude have you been to sweden it's the 80s <laughs> i don't know shit it is the 80s one okay so since we have uh, apparently run out of things to say shut up Mark. the one scene we haven't talked about is uh ice hockey the the pond skating scene where they actually find frozen you just want to tie this in because you want to validate your beer choice you son of a bitch Partially yes, but I also want to. I, I also wanted to comment on his fighting ability, where he just hits the dude in the ear. That's uh, that's some really good technique, you know. Put punch, punching somebody in the ear. So it's with I identified stick. with that scene so much because I was bullied in elementary and junior high a lot, and there was one time where I tried to stand up for myself. I tried to stomp on another kid's foot after he bullied the shit out of me for years, and I got. In so much trouble for stomping on this kid's foot. And I didn't even split his ear open. But I got in so much trouble. Well, I mean, question, Jack. When you stomped on his foot, did they also, like, simultaneously find a dead body to distract? No. Because no. that probably would have helped your case. <laughs> <laughs> he, they didn't really distract from it because his mom's on the phone saying, of course they're going to blame me. I mean, yeah, you're you're still it's still gonna happen, but there is like a completely traumatic experience that probably like seventy five percent of the people are focusing on, and then there's this, just like the the B team that's taking care of your bullshit. 
no, when this happened to me, this was separate from the dead bodies that we found a few different times. But it wasn't one of those times. Gotcha. Yours was more of like a stand-by-me type of situation. They were like pretty far separated. Yeah, far removed. It was like, first we found a dead body, then we went ice skating, and then I got in trouble. Then after the ice skating, I had another field trip. We found a dead body. Actually, one time we went on a field trip. And there were these little mounds of, of like snow slides that you could you could slide down. And a, a girl named Itai slid down one, hit a teacher right in the ankles, and he shattered both his forearms and broke a tibia. It was horrifying. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. It was crazy. Uh wow. Wow. That's something yeah. to talk about at the bus stop. Yeah, man. Hey, did you see that slide nuts. accident? <laughs> a horrific slide after. A horrific. A horrific. <laughs> yeah, just imagine, just imagine going to like the family reunion. Like, dude, what happened to you? A uh, horrific slide accident. <laughs> and these slides were, I don't know, three, four feet high. They weren't large slides. Well, and I'm assuming that you guys were in like fourth grade, so you weighed what, like seventy pounds maximum. No, this was in the second, third grade era. Yeah, we did not weigh a lot of pounds. Yeah, maybe this dude just has extremely weak ankles. Have we? Have we explored that possibility? <laughs> I don't know. This girl came at him like a fucking cannonball. No, 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 Jack. He came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> he did? She she, she came asshole. in like a wrecking ball. You fucked it up. I did fuck the it up. That would have been a perfect transition. God damn it. <laughs> damn it. Uh, did you guys have any... Is this just a Swedish proverb or nursery rhyme with which I'm totally yes. unaware the higgledy piggledy shout how many fingers are out that she says to him when they're in the apartment together nope i hear that all the time or when they're in the bed together yeah that's i mean i i talk to people like that's how i greet people at work you know hey john higgledy piggledy shout guess how how many many fingers fingers are out out? (laughs) (laughs) and he's like three and i'm like ah it's four oh I have a very fun work environment. Do we so. do we have any idea what that means? It's a game, man. I don't know. I, yeah, you I thought it was a vampire me. thing at first. How would that be a vampire <laughs> it's thing? A vampire thing. I don't know, man. Steeped, steeped in vampire lore is the higgledy piggledy shout. <laughs> You're such an idiot. Okay, let's see. Well, Mark was yelling at me for not saying enough things. Uh, my next note is uh, she straight zambonis the blood off of the floor. Cool. He's so. just fucking going with notes now. We're talking about well, Zamb- Mark yelled at me, yelled, so I'm just gonna read my like notes in a linear we're, order. We're talking about Zambonis. <laughs> she straight Zambonied the blood off the floor. Oh my god! And there wasn't even that much blood. How deeply could that kid have cut himself? She was pretty hungry, man. She hadn't eaten in a while. And I'm not saying how hungry she was. I'm saying how deeply could he have cut himself? I Some... do love how he is like so used to kind of being disappointed or he's so disillusioned or whatever at this point that his reaction to all of this in the end is are you a vampire oh <laughs> yeah are you fucking kidding me how is he not like are you a vampire <laughs> oh my god holy shit you're a fucking vampire well he's already seen her be a vampire it, a whole would, it, would that change your reaction at all the answer is no you'd still be like oh my god holy shit you're a fucking vampire well, and then even well, then, when the she question. when she leaves and he's just alone again, his response is just so blasé of like looking at her note and just being like, yeah. eh, "Okay." Well, his dad did ruin a super fun family game night. That movie made me 
really sad. Or that scene made me what, really sad. With the, like, we're going to smoke weed now? No, drink vodka. They smoked weed too, right? I don't think so. Oh, I don't know what movie I was watching. I You were smoking some weed, apparently. Nah. <laughs> Basketballs? Did you did you turn to basketballs halfway through this I, movie? I love basketball. Shut the that fuck would have, up. That would have shifted the tone slightly. Basketball is a good movie. That looks like so much fun that they're having whatever game they're playing. And then his dickhead friend shows up and they just start pounding vodka. I think it's called Hungry Hungry Hippos, Jack. It was Yeah, it's called Hungry Hungry Hippos with a pen and paper. You can play that. <laughs> that was the you original can't. Hungry Hungry Hippos, actually. It was pen and paper version. Fun God, fact, not a lot of people depressing. know that. It was invented by Copernicus or some shit. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I also like that his friend shows up in snow-covered socks with Birkenstocks over them. That's just People have a higher tolerance for cold over in Sweden, okay? Yep. That's, how That's they do. all I got. I'm out of things to say now. Somebody else can talk. I'm glad that you just ran through some notes. We've, we haven't had one of those great Jack note sessions in a while, you fucking asshole. Well, maybe Mark shouldn't. Maybe first off, you should say something during a down period. What was okay? What was the what was the egg? An ancient relic. Was it like the philosopher's stone? Did she have a philosopher's stone? So it's in the book. It's a lot more complex. She is super. Her favorite thing is puzzles. We're talking about why the Rubik's cube is such a big deal. And it's why the Morse code is such a big deal. It's how he connects with her because she doesn't give a shit about him too much until he gives her the Rubik's Cube and then teaches her Morse code because it's something for her to figure out. And work how did she on. not she know Morse puzzles. code if she's like Yeah, how does she old. not know Morse code? That's insane. <laughs> or a Rubik's <laughs> that is... Cube for that matter. How is he teaching her anything new? He's just a 12-year-old douchebag. You've never shown your 80-year-old grandfather something he's unaware of? She's older than that, Jack. You've never shown your 200-year-old grandfather something he's unaware of? Look, no. if it's a smartphone that he pulls out, this makes yeah. a little bit more sense than a Rubik's Cube. He's like, hey, I got Candy Crush, biatch. <laughs> Rubik's Cubes were the smartphones of the 80s. That is not even remotely true. No. <laughs> it's pretty true. No, I, think I believe that I think was the like Lament configuration the was the smartphone of the 80s. <laughs> the Atari 2600. The Lament configuration was the Rubik's Cube of the late 80s. Oh yeah, we've really we're we're really onto something here. Ratings. We over at A to Z Horror use a one through ten rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how the Wizard of Oz would rate how much you should pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. The man Oz has spoken. And for 10, think of how much Elmer Fudd, as an operatic Viking, would rate killing the Wabbit. Kill the Wabbit, kill the Wabbit, kill the Wabbit. Kill the Wabbit. Stories, the first category to rate these movies. Jake, this was your pick. Rate it for story. I'm going to give it an 8. Uh, wow. It's a smarter story than I am a human being, so I have to give it credit there. It there's a level <laughs> the ocean we walker about effect. There's a level of depth involved here that clearly, as you highlighted, Jack, comes from the fact that there is a book that was written uh, that predated this movie by who was it again? Who wrote this? Couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Hmm. Nice. John Ajvid Lindqvist. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I like that his first right name is John. No, no, that's who wrote the screenplay. 
based on the 2004 novel of the same title by John Ajvid Lingfisk. I'm not good at Nordic languages. Huh. Well, there you go. It's a Swedish guy. <laughs> Named John. I mean, his first name's John. Swedish chef wrote this book. Um, Borke Borke. <laughs> yeah, it's smarter than I am human being. There's a level of depth that's there. I think that if I'm detracting things from this, it's what we talked about, really. It's the little things. It's why is Ellie choosing to hang out with Oscar? It's her keeper, Hawken, or whatever. What the fuck? Like, what is his deal to begin with from beginning, middle, and end? I don't understand him. So those are detriments, but the rest of it is a really well-fleshed-out, deep story that I think is a really good coming-of-age piece that you don't see too often. So, cool. Eight. Great. Go. Mark. Mark. I gave it a six. Ooh. I, I am giving this That's points low. for uniqueness. It's it's better than average. So It's I way mean, better than average. I think it's important to note that we both talked, that all three of us talked about this as a plus. The story-wise was a plus. But it was also a negative, and we riffed on the negatives of it for quite some time. The complexity of the story is interesting because it's fresh, but it also introduces quite a few logical issues, such as why is Hakan, or whatever the fuck his name is, so goddamn bad at what he does? Also, <laughs> yes. story-wise, you can completely remove the lady who gets turned into a vampire from the movie cut a solid 20 no. minutes or something no I like you her. no 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 what is what does she bring what does she bring to it burning okay <laughs> there you go listener you can weigh in individually if if that's if that argument's going to appeal to you i don't think it's necessary she burninates it, it makes a a relatively tight script other script otherwise into something that's over two hours long well, it's not over two hours long. I'm you're not putting this on blast like that, you fucking son of a bitch. How long is it? I don't know. It's like an hour and fifty yeah, seconds. Plus minutes. there's at least eight minutes of opening credits. Yeah. The opening credits are so fucking long on this movie. That here, still counts. If you're gonna put like credits at the end, don't count. Mark, credits at the beginning is, do count. It is one hour fifty five minutes. So I'm not gonna have your bullshit right now. Okay. Well it could have been like ninety five minutes. Jack? That's all I'm saying. That's a story problem. Jack? You don't you don't uh, need Jack? the other lady. I'm I'm splitting the difference directly between you two. I gave it a 7. I do think this is a very unique story and it's it's pretty interesting because like I said, the stuff with Hawken I think works at first where you don't know that much about him and you don't know that his backstory and all that stuff from from what's in the book. But then later on that becomes a detriment to the movie where I want to know why the fuck he decided to why his best option in that case was to burn his face off with acid when he's getting caught anyway. And not just you really escape? need the backstory of him being a renowned child molester renowned. for that to make any kind of sense. Renowned so, might not be the right no word one knows to use that. there. Renowned isn't always good. We're discussing the movie here. Yeah. So that's what I mean. And so it, it, de- it it's a detriment to the movie that you don't know that. Uh, but apart from the Hakan stuff and why the fuck he won't take his jug of blood with him and, and all that shit. I think the story of this movie is, is very good, and I, I give it a lot of credit for the pacing, which is really hard to do with this kind of slow pacing and still be great, and I think this is. So, seven. World building and immersion is up next. Jake, rate the thing for world building and immersion. Um, I mostly agree with you regarding pacing. For a movie that's almost, Mark, almost two hours long, it does a pretty good job with the pacing. It doesn't feel 
that long to me. Um, I found myself pretty into it, but it did drag at times. Um, it never got to a point where I would say it's boring, but there were there were moments. A lot of the things that you also said, Jack, I'm potting in the immersion bucket, I guess, like the sulfuric acid thing with Hakan. That's immersion breaking to me. Some of this stuff, like, I'm going to have to try to not double jeopardize, so call me out if I do. The cat scene, that's immersion breaking to me. <laughs> Big time. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, it's terrible. All of that stuff, it adds up a bit in the end, but overall it's it's not, like, a huge detriment. I just can't see – I can't give this more than, like, slightly above a middling score from my immersion standpoint when I think about other movies that I've seen and, and how into those or – how on my phone that I get. Uh, I'm going to give it a six because that just feels right. Fair enough. Mark, how about you? I went a shade lower. I, I gave it a five. One thing we haven't really talked about that we did talk a lot about in sauna is uh, just the difficulty of, of Nordic languages. I don't want to oh, hate on them too yeah. much because they're kind of cool to listen to, but it is basically impossible to have any understanding or comprehension of like how a sentence is formed. Right. Um, <laughs> And stuff like how you said earlier, like, the, he says the same word twice, and one time it's scream, and one time it's squeal, that type of stuff. Yeah, um, it's the same word. Beyond that, I, I do think this is paced a little slowly. Um, there's stuff that you could tighten up quite a bit. And then beyond that, the only real, th- the, the other thing that, like, really takes me out is, like, in my dreams, nighttime is never that bright. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, no, like you have to go, you have to give it so much extra effort in order to buy off that this is what nighttime actually looks like. <laughs> they, they were able to, I mean, this basically is a shoot of uh, like a vampire during the day. And then like the, the producers just came into the end. It was just like, oh, also, by the way, vampires can only be out at night. So they were just like, oh, sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's pretty immersion breaking. It looks good, but it's immersion breaking. Yeah, that's a good point. I should have mentioned sure. that one too. I agree. And, and remind me what you gave it. Five. Five. Um, I, I gave it a six as well. I Look, I don't have too much to add here, I, so I just won't say all that much. It is <laughs> it is immersive in terms of, of watching it, especially for a movie that has subtitles and says things like, uh, what does he say? Thank you for yet another evening steeped in friendship and merriment. <laughs> So good. It's shockingly immersion for for that kind of a movie, but it's not crazy immersive overall. So, so I would I would just like to say right now, thank you guys for a podcast that has been steeped in merriment, <laughs> steeped in yelling at each other and booze. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Nikki's ice ice beer. What is this thing called? <laughs> ice brewed ale. Get, like, where did you find that? I, is that a malt liquor? What's happening? Uh, well, Mickey's does make malt, malt liquor, liquor, but this is only six percent. Are so. you drinking a forty? I'm drinking a 24. No, the fuck did you pick that? How much does that cost? Uh, like $1.50 or something. <laughs> it's like the worst <laughs> beer any of us have ever drank on this show. <laughs> it's, it's, you know what? It's, it's actually not bad. This is kind of enjoyable. Scare Factor is He's up next. Chugging. We're just going to plow right past that. Scare Factor. Jake, rate this movie for Scare Factor. It's not high. I, I do like how dark it is. Like, this is a vampire movie that is certainly going more towards your traditional Nosferatu-style vampire. But it's also a romance movie, so you have that really weird balance where it's not ever really reaching that level of scare that you will get from most horror movies. I can't give it a high score because of that. 
I'm trying to think back to scenes that like really got me outside of the bridge scene. There was really nothing. The last scene was just cool. And those are kind of your horror scenes for lack of a better way to describe how that kind of unfolds. Um, I'm kind of vamping a bit. I think I'm going to go three and a half. All right. I don't hate that score. Mark, how about you? I also don't hate that score. I gave it a three. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the thing about this movie is the scariest parts of it are about bullying. Like honestly, the the parts yeah. that inspire, like bring up the biggest knot in your stomach, are when he's facing off against the the kids on the ice on the pond, uh, and you don't really know what the other kid, like, what the small whatever first graders are pointing at, and it's everyone's gets distracted, and you think that he's just gonna get his ass beat. He's gonna have to fight him like tooth and nail just to stay alive. And then yeah. the other scene that's very not in stomach inducing is the pool scene prior oh my to God prior to Ali showing back up, which you actually really it, don't see when he's dying because he's being held underwater for too long. Yeah. So I think it's, it, this is what's interesting about this movie is it's a movie that has a vampire in it, but the scary part has nothing to do with vampirism. Yeah, that's fair. Right. I would I also that. expand what you said though, to like, I agree with you completely about the bullying being like, the largest example or manifestation of that, but it's a very adult fears sort of movie too. Like this is a kid who is very lonely. He's an outcast. Like there are a lot of fears that are happening that really overpower the vampire aspect of the movie that you have to be an adult to really understand. But then you have that vampire plot happening as well. So that kind of goes back to the story element and makes me want to even bump that higher, but I'm not going to. So I give it a four for scare factor. Mark, I agree with almost everything you said. I do think there's a couple of aspects of the vampirism that are very freaky. One, I really like the scene where she comes in without having been invited in um, and oh, just starts so bleeding from everywhere. I think that's awesome and really well done. And really like, oh, God. And yeah. I want him to invite her in as well. After she's sitting there dying, you just want him to say you can come in, say it's okay. And then the other scene that I really like that I think works really well with the vampire is the couple of scenes where her movements are really unnatural. And and by really unnatural, I mean they just are so creepy because they're close enough to normal. For instance, when she jumps off the the jungle gym, it's just it's close enough, but it's clearly unnatural. And that's is there is there another example there? The other one is when she's climbing up the side of the building. Oh, I yeah. think that that doesn't just a look wire like rig. in a... I know, but it, they do it really well, and with the focus and darkness that they use, it does just look like she is scaling the building, and it's creepy. That's actually one thing that's kind of interesting that they do with the cinematography that I probably should have brought up at the beginning, is the night is so bright that... Night bright? Oh, shit, do you guys have night bright? T- <laughs> I do. Yeah, well, I believe it was bright. called light bright, not night. Yeah, L I T E. Oh yeah, I T E. Never mind. No, I'm not excited anymore. My my point my point is they they unchain the night so much that like everything's bright all the time except for her. darkness able... takes on an additional emphasis. Yes, exactly. Specifically yeah. underneath the bridge and a few other times. Yeah, when she's on the side of the building before she crawls up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's where a really she good is. technique. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Effects or judicious lack thereof is our next category. Jake, what is your effects score? I'm having a hard time with this one. 
because I would say anything from the sound side is is pretty damn good. We just talked about as we ended the scare factor section, a couple pretty good elements of effects being implemented that aided the movie to a degree. Um, I also really liked the woman burning scene. I thought that was hilarious and great. Um, so that's an example of good fire, and that's pretty hard to do. But that well, fire looks good. Yeah, I mean... Well, yeah. and I'd be surprised if that wasn't just actual fire. That was fire. fire. I mean, I'm pretty sure that was fire. I'd never crossed my mind that it wasn't. I don't think that was fake fire. Sure. Um, so that's awesome. All that's great. Uh, but then you have the cat scene. Yeah. And that cat and scene knocks terrible. it quite a bit for me, actually, because it was so immersion-breaking. I'm sure yep. you guys will mention it. Well, that ones, is a double knock. But that's going right to be... There. Thank you for calling me out. I'm... St- I'm... Whatever. Double Jeopardy. It has to happen. <laughs> so, I mean, to defend that a little bit, you, I feel like you Don't can... Don't defend cats. No, I'm not podcast. defending I'm not defending the cats. I'm defending the Double Jeopardy. There's a difference between a bad effect that is objectively bad but doesn't impede the story or immersion. Like, it's just another th- It's another thing that happens. Like, the, uh, the fire in Autopsy of Jane Doe is a good example. Yep. Looks terrible. But it's not really, like, that immersion breaking. It's kind of just a yep. side effect. This is this is something that's this like both. a focus this is, of the story. This is as funny as the cat attack in Reanimator. <laughs> but that I, was that was a pro. That's the better cat. This scene is a con. Record. I know. That's what I mean. It is that hilarious. Yeah. But this is not a funny movie in any way, shape, or form. No, it's less yes. funny too. It's just bad. Yeah, I I hated so it. You... Thank you for allowing me to double jeopardize it. I'm gonna give effects a six and a half. Okay, Mark, how about you? Uh, I gave it a five. Uh, most of the reason I'm knocking it is for the CG cats. <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I guess this probably, arguably, should be a little bit higher. But I do think this is like mostly a, a, a judicious. This is mostly a judicious lack thereof movie. Um, and I struggle going high on those. Basically, if you're going to go judicious lack thereof, you better not fuck up anything. Yeah. And in this case, there is a you know the cat scene is. Pr- Pretty bad looking. Yeah, just don't include it, to be honest. I think that's really well put, Mark. I gave it a four, um, and for very similar reasons. I really disliked the cat scene, obviously, but I also thought they needed way more blood in the dismemberment scene, and there's a couple of other things that are just little nits here and there. But the other thing that I didn't notice on my first viewing, that I noticed this time around, and maybe it's because I've read something about it since then, was that um, Ellie, that's not her voice throughout the entire movie that's a little boy's voice that they dubbed in to have the character sound more androgynous Uh, makes sense really i didn't yeah that's interesting i'll have to take a look at that next time i'm watching it and and for the most part i didn't notice it but there's a couple of scenes where it's very evident and i noticed that this time around yeah i mean there were there were definitely somewhere i was like damn like first of all she she looks a little older I made it. I had a note that was like she looks thirty, and then she also sounded like <laughs> deeper voice, just more mature, you know, than a, a character sure. like Oscar. Yeah. So that makes there sense. was one yeah. scene in particular that I don't know if they did this on purpose or if I was hallucinating or something, but they did a close up on her eyes, and it looked like for like a couple frames, it looked like she was eighty. <laughs> I, I don't know what it was, it, but suddenly there were, like, wrinkles and stuff. It might, it might have just been a weird camera angle, but... That's interesting. Yeah, I wasn't sure if they were trying to do something there or not. But, so, all those things are things I have problems with, and then I think the the couple of great scenes, effects-wise, are the, the two instances of her behaving supernaturally. 
I think those were both really well done. I think yeah. the acid face is overall pretty well done. Yeah, yeah that's good. Um, when yeah. you see it close up and they show it. But apart from that, of none it. of the effects are great. And they spend a lot of time, as soon as something happens, closing a door or zooming out so it's out of focus or concealing it in darkness. And for a movie that does that that much, to have as many bad effects as this has, I think is especially detrimental. So, four for me. It's below average, I think. Hmm. Had the capacity to be terrific. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which just leaves us with overall. Jake, what's your overall rating for this thing? So I think that my numbers, I rated this one to like my enjoyment level of the movie. But I, this is a movie that I appreciate after seeing it finally, because this is my blind spot. I appreciate it more than I enjoyed watching it. And Okay. I just That's rated a very that good way to put it to like my enjoyment level of the movie, but I feel like I'd be doing it a disservice if I were to just like rate it by the numbers like that. It is a better movie than those would indicate. I'm going to give it a seven and okay. I would give this hmm. a very hard recommend to like the degree that would be even higher than a seven score would be, but I can't in <laughs> good conscience go higher than a seven. If that makes sense. Don't let this be your blind spot. Is what you're saying. Exactly. Like I totally understand why. <laughs> it's like a PSA. <laughs> post post elementary school PSA. Kids, watch this movie. GI yeah. Joe Burson. I totally Real understand don't let why this be their blind spot. This movie is included on all these lists as being like the best horror movie of the aughts or of the 2000s to date, or like one of the best foreign films of the last 20. Like all the shit you see online, it, where it's pork chop sandwiches. I, I get it. <laughs> I didn't love watching it. It was funny that Mark had just said he's going to like look for her voice being a guy's voice the next time he watches this. I don't know. I'm going to look. I don't know that. if I'm planning on watching this again, <laughs> but it's a good movie for sure. And I'd recommend it. I like that. Mark, how about you? <clears throat> yeah, that was actually a surprisingly good transition into my rating. Um, I, I'd have to be like a magic man to, to give it as high as Jake did. I feel like this is a, it's a five and a half. I, I I think it's a recommend, but like Jake just said, this is a watch once and be done movie. If I if I get if I get hit with the urge to watch this again, I would probably watch the remake just to see what they did with it. With that's, Chloe Grace Moretz, that's more intriguing to me than watching this movie again. And then at that point, you know, a couple years down the road, maybe I get stricken with the need to watch this again. But it's just hard to fit these two-hour-long foreign movies in without, like, being in a very, very specific yeah. uh, mindset, right? Sure, sure. I mean, even when the movie's, like, almost over, there's just... I don't, I, I felt like it was... Uh, it just... It needed to be shorter, I think. And that's... Uh, <laughs> you guys You guys both said you liked the pacing. I think I it, was it was a little, little bit... I think yeah, I think it's a little bit too tectonic for my taste. Glacial. I need Fair enough. I need a laugh a minute thrill ride. God damn it! You're in the wrong genre, bud. <laughs> yeah, not probably. always. I gave so it. A, I gave it a five and a half. Okay. I so I I understand what you're saying about the pacing for sure. The reason I think that the pacing I I think the pacing actually serves the movie pretty well, and I think is because it contributes to this kid's oppression in some way. There's He's got, he's super lonely. His parents don't love him. His dad's an alcoholic. It's cold outside. There's wind all over the place. This new girl doesn't even want to be his friend. It's just, and the, 
pacing of this movie <laughs> hammers that feeling into you as you watch it. There is the wind, wind all, all over the place. Over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so I, I thought the pacing actually serves the movie fairly well in the same way Eyes. that it does Lake Mungo. In that that is an objectively slow movie that is kind of tough to watch because of how slow it is. It's funny you say Lake Mungo Jack because like that's one of the movies that I was thinking about too when I described how I felt about this one where yeah, I kind of like rated that... it to my enjoyment which was like when I'm watching Lake Mungo I don't enjoy it all that much but at the end I'm like that was a pretty damn good movie. They yeah absolutely so. Yeah. Yeah, Mar- but Mark's like Mungo over here was shaking his footage. head because he loves like Mungo more than any well, yeah, human. like like Mark said, like Mungo's found footage, so Mark's yeah. into it. Yeah, 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 gets like a bonus three or four points at least. Oh my god! <laughs> but but I think that it is it is super enjoyable on that. It's interesting that you both said you don't really feel like you'd revisit it because I was in the same mindset. I hadn't even ever considered rewatching it until uh-huh. it came up for us to do on this. I'm really glad I did. I do think it holds up well on a second viewing and it's worth a second viewing. I now it's been years since I seen since I since I seen, since it, I seen it the first time. Been years but since I seen uh, it. It's pretty I mean I, I enjoyed the hell out of it watching it the second time, maybe hmm. even more than the first time. Um I, I don't know. I, I do think it's worth watching again though, but I it took the impetus of it being on the schedule for our for this bullshit podcast for me to watch it again. Right. I, I didn't I never felt like revisiting it. So I definitely understand the feeling, but I am glad that I rewatched it. So for me, it's gonna get a seven. And I think part of that is because of how surprised I was watching it again, uh, about how much I enjoyed it. Because I do remember it being pretty slowly paced, but I think that worked well for it, and that's I wasn't really expecting that on this viewing. Yeah. I was expecting to be kind of bored throughout it, but I, I wasn't. So it's a seven for me. It's a great movie. That is interesting. Uh, and what that means is you and I gave it the same score. So we have to tag team why we should watch this with Buddy. Why you, not we, should watch this with Buddies and drink beers and do all that rigmarole. I'm going to let you lead off because you're the guy who just said it's better on second viewing. Sure. I, I think this movie has a lot going on to on with it. Like, like we said, there's a lot of different aspects to the movie there's the bullying thing there's the parents thing there's the vampire thing there's the friendship thing and there's the romance thing this is very fertile ground for discussion and it's absolutely worth discussing (laughs) and then you beyond that fuck you mark okay so i'm on your team for the record okay okay how does that how does that how do the beers play in because you're almost describing like a scholarly discussion, and that's yeah, not at all the night I'm envisioning. We get you... drunk and discuss gender dynamics. <laughs> I somebody should tell me about what this movie was doing with regards to that, because I think it's important. I just didn't understand it, but or maybe I did, and that is just love who you love, and it doesn't matter what their gender is. But I think that maybe this isn't a raucous elbowing your buds and laughing having a good time beers movie this is get some of the bullshit sours that you're drinking all the time jake that you sip like port wear some tweed jackets with elbow patches and discuss it what kind of guy do you take me for (laughs) i'm pretty sure he nailed you that was that was a perfect (laughs) i don't wear elbow padded blazers well you will no give it a couple more years of drinking sours no jake's really more of like a tuxedo shirt with the sleeves ripped off yeah. But he still has a pipe kind of guy. Because you got to see the guns. And a dude. tuxedo jacket over that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then he has a pipe, but the pipe has bubbles coming out of it. <laughs> that's, that sounds that's, like a fun guy to image. hang out with. Thanks, guys. That's 
that's the image that Jake is trying to cultivate. In fairness, I was on Jack's team, but I don't think you should watch this with your buddies or drink beers. It sounds miserable. So, Mark, why don't you tell us more about that? Well, you have lost this game for us, then, you that's son fine. of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I, I basically don't have to do anything at this point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this do is a pretty, pretty dense movie. Uh, also, I'm just going to throw this out there. Probably not the best idea to get hammered and then talk about a castrated vampire genitals scene. Yeah. That's a party killer. That's Especially a weird one. Especially because Drunk Me thought that was like child female pornography. Yeah. And there's an uncomfortable amount of a, a young boy in his underwear as well in the movie. That's It's all very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it was, Jack. Look, I had a job to do, Jake. I know, and I I just I left you to the wolves there. I'm sorry. <laughs> you threw me right the fuck under the bus. Eh. So there you go. You should only get drunk and watch it with your buddies if you and your buddies all own tweed jackets and smoking tobacco pipes. <laughs> I'm not that guy. I'm not a piece of meat. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we no, we've already established that. You your are. pipe has bubbles coming out of it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And you're wearing a tuxedo jacket with over the, a tuxedo shirt with the sleeves ripped off. With the sleeves ripped the off. That's we've important. We've belabored yeah. the point. Then let's get the fuck out of here. Fine. This has been episode 44, which is hard to believe, of the A to Z Horrorcast. To check out everything we have going on, head on over to a to z horror.com or come hang out with us on social media. You can find us on Twitter, on the Horror Amino app, or once a month coming at you on Reddit with our monthly horror release roundup. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, check out everything else. The Downright Creepy Podcast Network, Phantom Podcast Network, I got it wrong, Damn. has going on at downrightcreepy.com slash phantom you can see why it's hard and as always the music this episode has been coming at you from space that is space without the A next time we are going to change pace yet again and we're going to check out another Jack movie it's The Descent and that will be coming at you one week from today so until then get your buddies grab some beers and go watch some horror movies have a great week everybody What is a conk all? Something that bonks everyone in the boardroom on the head at the same time? What's a conk all?